So how much are we alike? Let's see. How many times a day, compare yourself to me, how many times a day do I say, you know what I'd like to do? You know what I'd like to do? And I usually fill in the blank. Uh, I say that all the time. At least I feel like I do. When I get paid, you might hear me say, you know what I'd like to get? <laughs> or I say, you know what I want to do with that? Or you know which bill's going to get paid next? <laughs> when I get a day off, I look over at Vanessa and I say, you know what we should do today? I do that all the time. If I find a $5 bill in my coat, I think, well, I know what I want to do with this. I'm pretty consistent. I'll be honest with you. Who will be honest with me this morning? Raise your hand if you think some of those kind of thoughts too during your day, anytime during the week. Yeah, we do have some honest folks here. Good. I'm so glad. Um, it really means this though, unfortunately, you're as bad as me. <laughs> I'm sad to say, you're as bad as me. Let me catch you up with this story where we have been the past couple of weeks. So Jesus made up a story, and the reason he made it up was to tell the story to help people understand what the kingdom of heaven is like this side of heaven. Week one, we began with Jesus telling the story in verse 14. He said this, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man and hint in this story, Jesus is the man. So he's, he's making up this story, but the man represents Jesus. Uh, illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Now, the, mo the story really is not about money, although that's just what he's using for this story. That's not what the moral of the story is. We could make many applications about money, but that's really not what the moral of this story is. Here's what week one, what we talked about with this verse. What the man gave these employees is not as important as the fact that what he gave them is still his. It still belonged to the man, even though he gave it over into their hands. Now, what we learned was those people were not new owners, they were simply the managers, because what he placed in their hands, he still owned. Same thing is true for us in our lives. Week number two, we went to the next verse, verse 15. Uh, it, Jesus said, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. And then he left on his trip. You see, we use this to, to springboard into another topic, because this is a ripe scenario. If this story were true, if, if there really was this man and gave this money, if that were true, that would really elicit in them some human nature responses, very possibly, because we have a natural tendency, a human nature tender, tendency to want what has been given to someone else. And in this story, one guy got five, one guy only got two, and one guy only got one. And we understand that that could cause a lot of jealousy. That could cause a lot of comparison and frustration. It could cause them to think, that's not fair. Why can't I have what he has? And really, that's a sickness in our thinking. And there is a cure for that sickness. There is a cure, because that sickness will ruin your day. If you start comparing and start thinking about that and, and saying that's not fair, it'll ruin your day. You put enough days together, it will ruin your year. 
So the cure is this, to take your eyes off of their responsibilities, off of their stuff, off of what they have been given, and instead place your eyes on the needs directly in front of you. In other words, use what you have been given to serve right where you are, right there, and serve with your very best effort. We said last week, serving is the cure to self. And now that leads us, I'm so sorry, that leads us to this week. We pick up the story with this third verse, verse 16, and here's where we begin. Jesus is continuing the story. He said, man went on a long trip, called the servants together. He gave them uh, this money. He gave five bags of silver to one, two to another, one to one, and here is where we pick it up. Verse 16, the servant who received the five bags of silver, now last week we said five bags of silver in that day would equal today. $2.5 million. So this guy really got a load of money. It says the servant who received five bags of silver began, which means he did something immediately, straight away, right away. He took that money and did something. And what did he do? Jesus says the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest Now, he was not investing as the owner of the money because he realized, I'm not the owner. So he didn't say, wow, what am I going to do with this load of cash? What am I going to do? What do I want to do with this? That's That's not what a manager does. An owner can say, what do I want to do with my stuff? But the manager can't really do that. They're not the owner. They're the manager. So the manager does not treat what he's been given as if it is his. He simply manages it on behalf of the owner. So before he does anything with this, he has to ask the question, what does the owner want me to do with his stuff, with his money? Now, here is an observation. When we have been given something that belongs to someone else, usually we are really much more considerate with that. We take it in our hands and we think longer about it. We are usually searching for more wisdom with what to do with it. We are more careful to do with what we have been given. We're more careful to do what they want us to do, right? We're more considerate. We're more careful. So here's a hint. How the employee in this story handles the owner's money of the how he handles that money shows how much he thinks of the owner. It shows what he thinks of the owner. How he handles what he has been given, you know what else it does? It shows how much he values the owner. It shows how much he cares for the owner. And we can use this word. What he does with what that owner has placed in his hands shows how much he respects the owner. The decisions he makes regarding what he has been given reveals his love for the owner. Now this phrase that he went right away, straight away, that he began immediately. It tells us that this employee, he was excited 
about what he received. And he felt there was something urgent he needed to do as an employee, as a manager of what he had been given. He felt there was something urgent. And you know what he did? He went and invested that money. He did with the money what the owner wanted him to do with the money. Because you see, in this story, it's imagined that the employee knew the owner. He had been working with the owner. He understood what the owner wanted. So he knew what he wanted, and he went and invested that money with excitement and a sense of urgency. I've got to take this and do what the owner wants done. I'm going to present you with an idea this morning, and we're going to carry it all the way through the teaching today. What we just read, this is the essence of worship. It's the essence of worship. That employee revealed to the owner and to the world what he thought about the owner. If he valued or respected the owner, he revealed it to the world based upon what he did with what he was given. You see, worship is not an hour on Sunday. Rather, worship is everything that you do with what you've been given by God. What we do every day with what we have been given, that is worship. Worship is how we live all day long. Worship is our lifestyle. It is not an hour on Sunday. And in this passage, Jesus actually described for us the essence of worship. Now, I want to go get another perspective on worship. And we're going to look to one of what I would consider the greatest Christ followers to have ever lived. And that's, uh, that is Paul. And Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, listen to his understanding and explanation of this whole worship thing. Romans 12, we're going to read a very famous passage, uh, verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. So again, Paul is very urgent about this as well. I plead with you. In other words, I beg you. I beg you to listen and to do this is what he's saying. To give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. In other words, he's saying your bodies, everything about you, not just giving God one hour on Sunday, but give God your whole self all of you, everything that involves you, give that to God. And Paul describes what this all is. He goes on, let them, that is your lives, your body, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, a kind that he will find acceptable. And so Paul is saying, in giving your whole self, and that means everything about you, your whole life, your whole body, everything involving you every day, is this. He goes on, this is truly the way to worship him. Paul is saying, worship is not just an hour on Sunday. Worship is everything you do with what you have been given by God. What we do every day. With what we have been given, that is worship. Worship is how we live all day long. It is our lifestyle. Now, let's go back to this story Jesus is telling and the employee. 
So the employee, this first guy, got five bags of silver, $2.5 million, and it says, and he invested the money and earned five more. In this story, this employee's worship, the what he did with what he was given, his worship resulted in great growth. If you're anything like me, I I have the tendency to look at somebody else and to say, but I, I can't do what they do. I haven't been given the gifts that they've been given, the abilities they've been given. You might look at Billy Graham and say, I, I can never do what Billy Graham does. I, I can't do that. Mother Teresa, I will never be a Mother Teresa. I can't be her. I can't do what she did. I can't change the world the way she changed the world. You could look at modern day worship leaders like Lauren Daigle and Chris Tomlin, Matt Redman. You can look at pastors like Andy Stanley and you could say, I can't achieve what they've achieved. I can't do what they have done. God, you have not gifted me the way you've gifted them. So I can't do it. Just like this other servant who only got two bags of silver could look at the guy who got five and say, God, I can't accomplish near what he can accomplish because I don't have what you have given him. You didn't give that to me. So let's see how this plays out in verse 17. The servant with two bags of silver, and we said in today's money, last week we said that is $1 million. So the first guy got $2.5 million. This guy got $1 million. And we think to ourselves, well, I, I, can't, I can't do what they did. He got $2.5 million. You only gave me a $1 million. I can't do what he can do. But that's not what the employee did. Nope, nope, nope. Look what he did. He also went to work. In other words, he took what he was given and he gave it his best effort. And look what happened. His worship, what he did with what he was given, all of his decisions all day long, every day, it represented great growth. Because look what happened. He also went to work and earned two more. He was given two. He earned two. He doubled. He doubled. He took everything that he had been giving and he used it all That is worship. And you know what the result was? The result was this. He accomplished the same thing the guy who got $2.5 million accomplished. He doubled it. Just like that guy doubled his, this guy doubled it. Worship is not just an hour on Sunday. Worship is everything that you do with what God has given you. What we do every day with what has been given to us, that is worship. We say, but I I can never do what that person can do. I'll never be like them. I can't be. Well, here's the truth. Jesus doesn't want you to be Billy Graham. Jesus doesn't want you to be Mother Teresa. He doesn't want you to be Lauren Daigle or Chris Tomlin or Matt Redman or even Andy Stanley. God is not comparing you to them. 
He's not. God is looking at you and what you are doing with what he has given you. You're all. Jesus expects their all. He expects my all. He expects your all. That's all. That's what he wants. Now, the story that we are telling here is a story that Jesus made up. So let's go to a story that really happened. I mean, it really happened that Jesus told that story, but Jesus made the story up. We're going to go to a real snapshot of an experience that Jesus had with another person. And let's listen to how Jesus describes this all thing. We find it in Matthew 22. A guy walks up really maliciously trying to trick Jesus, but Jesus just rolls with it and he rolls out some amazing information here. The guy walks up to Jesus in verse 36. He says, teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. Jesus said, this is the first and greatest commandment. And he goes on, verse 39. And a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And now he kind of explains it. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Jesus is saying, if you get these two things right, then you have fulfilled everything the Bible says in there requiring the way you live your life. That's pretty amazing. And in this passage, Jesus is describing your all. And he said, I want you to love me, love God with your all. And in this description, Jesus is giving us some significant information saying this, love is not a feeling. Love is an action. Love is what you do, not what you feel. Today, in our world, we say love is what you feel. I fell in love. I, I love them so much because you have this feeling of love. Jesus is saying feeling has nothing to do with it. Nothing at all. That has nothing to do with love. He said love has everything to do with what you do your actions. Love is what you do, not what you feel. So in other words, if you want to worship God, if you want to love God, then that makes worship every word that you say. It makes worship every thought that you think, every decision that you make, everything you do, you're all. That is how you worship God. That is how you love God. Worship is not a good feeling. Love is not a good feeling. They are both. Everything you do. Okay. If worship has nothing to do with how much you've been given. It has everything to do with what you do with what you've been given. So let's go to the last employee now 
And let's see how Jesus describes this. Jesus says, so back to the story Jesus is telling, verse 18. But the servant who received, now Jesus is making a contrast. He's saying something went right over here, but the servant who received. So he's making a contrast. He's making a contrast. And in this contrast, it has nothing to do with what he was given. It has everything to do with who received it and what he did with it. So let's go on. But the servant who received one bag of silver, last week we said today's money, that's about $500,000. Nothing to sneeze at. That's a lot of money. I've never personally seen that kind of money all in one place at one time placed in my hands. $500,000. And here's what he did. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, one of the customs of that day, so let's, get, let's give this guy some defense here. One of the customs of that day, because banking was not really regulated, it wasn't necessarily super accessible, they were there, they were functioning, but, you know, let's, just, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it was going to be difficult. So, one of the ways that the people in that day would save their money would be to bury it. They would go hide it. So that's how they would keep it safe. That's how they would save it, and it would be there when they needed it. So that's what he did. He went and buried the money. But listen, that's what he wanted to do with it. But as the manager of the money, not the owner, as the manager, you don't ask, what do I want to do with this? You ask, what does the owner want me to do with his stuff? And as this story progresses, you're going to find it is very, very clear he did not, the owner did not want the money buried at all. He wanted it used and he wanted it invested. But that's not what happened with this employee. He dug a hole, he dropped it in, he covered it up, and he forgot about it. Now he could argue, but listen, that's what everyone does with their money, if they want to save it, they hide it, they bury it. But that's not what matters. What does the owner want? Paul said to us, listen, offer your whole body, your whole self, your whole life, everything about you, offer that to God as a living sacrifice. Everything you do, everything about you, everything you think, it's all a living sacrifice. That is worship. That's what Paul told us. He said, but don't just do what everyone else is doing. He describes that in the very next verse of that passage we just read. Verse 2 of Romans chapter 12. Paul says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't just do what everyone else is doing. He said, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. This last employee, he just copied one of the customs. He buried the, mo the money against the owner's wishes. He didn't do anything with the money. He set it down and he walked away. He did not give it his all. 
in any way. He did not give it his best in any way. He did not use what was given to him in any way. His love, his action, his worship toward God amounted to zero. If worship is not an hour on Sunday, if worship is everything that you do with everything that you've been given by God, if that is, if that's what we do all day long, every day, with what we have been given, if that is worship, if that is how we choose to live all day long, if it's not just an hour that we experience together on Sunday, but instead it is a lifestyle, then how would the worship of this last employee measure up according to the owner? And it's obvious to us. We would say exactly, right? It's not about what you have. It's about what you do with what you have. Every day. Every decision, every thought, every word, every action is either worshiping Jesus or it is worshiping yourself or it is worshiping someone else or it is worshiping something else. It's all worship. Question is, who are you worshiping? How are you worshiping? What are you doing every day with everything you've been given? Moment by moment by moment. Before we go to a next step, I, I want to just simply read these verses that we read today. I want to read them again to you. Starting with the story of Jesus, then to Paul, and then Jesus again. Here we go. The servant who received five bags of silver began to invest the money, and he earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground, and he hid the master's money. And Paul told us in Romans chapter 12, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the customs and the behaviors of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know what God's will is for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And then Jesus, at the end of the story that, of his encounter with this man, the guy said, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. My friends, this concept of worship is so much easier to talk about 
than it is to do. So I, I just want to make a couple of suggestions about some potential next steps that you could take this week. Here's the first idea. This is just an idea. You've heard us a few months back talking about the 60-60. I want to rephrase that for this week and call it the 7-60. And here's what that means. Seven days every 60 minutes during your awake day. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Set a silent alarm on your phone that will go off. Maybe just a vibration so you're not bothering the other people around you. But once an hour for the next seven days, only during your awake day. Don't wake yourself up at night or start too early in the morning, go too late at night. Just during your awake functioning part of your day. Would you have an alarm go off every hour, just a vibration, and when it goes off, it reminds you to focus on something very specific about what we talked about today. Here's what I want you to do. Would you ask yourself these three questions? McKinley has them on the screen for you. When that alarm goes off, ask yourself this first question. How is my worship right now? And then ask yourself, what am I doing with what I have been given? And then follow it up with this last question. What does God want me to do with what I've been given? And my friends, that can revolutionize your week and your worship all through the next seven days. Now you might say, Harley, that's just too structured for me. I, I'm a little more carefree than that. I don't want to set an alarm. Okay, that, you don't have to do that. Here's a second idea. Perhaps this might work for you. Would you take three or four notes, sticky notes perhaps, and write these three questions on each of those and put those notes where you will see them several times during the day. Maybe once, uh, maybe set them in, uh, in the car that you drive, maybe set one at your workstation, maybe one in your kitchen, one in your bathroom. Those are the places we all visit the most, right? Put them in those places. Every time you see that sticky note with those three questions, pause and ask yourself, use that as a reminder. How is my worship right now? What am I doing with what I have been given? And what does God want me to do with what he has given me? Perhaps that will work for you. Worship is not just an hour on Sunday. Worship is everything you do with everything you have been given by God. It's what we do every day with what we've been given. That is worship. Worship is how we live all day long. It is a lifestyle. Would you join me now as we talk to God, our Father? God, so often I have worshipped myself by simply doing what I want to do with what you've given me. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Father, so often I have worshipped another person instead of you. God, sometimes we find ourselves worshipping girlfriends or boyfriends, wives, husbands, uh, even our children. Sometimes friends or musicians, actors, just people that we see as successful. Sometimes, God, we have given them our all. Sometimes I've given myself, God, my best and I've simply given you, God, the leftovers. Father, forgive me. God, so often I have worshipped something around me. I've worshipped my job. 
I have worshipped my free time. I've worshipped my money and the things that my money can buy. God, I have worshipped, but so often I have worshipped wrong. Jesus, help me worship you. Help me to give my all to you. Help me to see my worship as everything that I do with everything that you have given me. I want to worship you alone, Father, this week. Jesus, give me the wisdom to know what to do with what I have heard today. And give me the courage to do it. Amen.